Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard, and with me today is Daniel Kasali, Head of Investment Strategy. We're going to be reflecting on a quieter month in financial markets and the conclusions to be drawn from the latest earnings season. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2023. Before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk, depending on the geographical region and industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. Okay, welcome, Daniel. Hi, Cherry. Now, one of the notable features of financial markets this month has been the rally in the gold price. Um, Does that give us any insight into the market's views on the actions of the Federal Reserve? Yes, we think it does. As a background, the gold bullion price has soared past $2,000 per troy ounce in, and traded to a record high during April. The positive take for markets is that investors are betting on an end to the Fed's interest rate hiking cycle. This is dragging down the US dollar, thereby alleviating money shortage concerns in the global financial system. In a way, it could be argued there's actually a golden message coming from bullion for markets. <laughs> we'll ignore that pun, shall we? They, um, and would you say this recent rise in the gold price is a short-term phenomenon? Uh, no, certainly the expectations of Fed pause and interest rates is given bullion some cyclical uplift. But behind the trend is a new structural driver coming from foreign central banks. The structural driver follows the West's financial sanctions against Russia after the invasion of Ukraine, such as freezing Russia's foreign exchange reserves. This has probably encouraged other major central banks like in China to own fewer foreign exchange assets in Western government bonds and own more gold instead. And what's your take on the latest inflation data? I mean, do you think it's coming down? There seem to be kind of mixed signals. It depends on which country you look at. In the US, March, uh, US annual CPI inflation is decelerating. If we look at lead indicators such as falling job openings, and lower selling prices from the National Federation of Independent Business, and that's a survey of small businesses, it does indicate that core inflation, which excludes food and energy, should continue to slow over the coming months. However, UK inflation is still stubbornly high at around 10%, but that too is expected to slow throughout the year for three reasons. First, energy prices have stabilised. Second, a stronger sterling exchange rate reduces the cost of imported goods and services. And third, the monetary tightening that's already been done will work to crimp that demand-led inflation as well. Okay, and then looking back at the US, there still seems to be a mismatch between the Federal Reserve's interest rate forecast, the the dot plot, as they call it, and the market's view of interest rates. Um, Who's right, in your view? Well, I think the important point here is, regardless of the outcome, the overriding message is that the Fed is coming to an end in its hiking cycle, and both the Fed and traders expect interest rates to be lowered in 2024. True, the Fed continues to sound hawkish and has given no indication that will cut interest rates this year. However, the traders in the Fed futures market expect the Fed to start cutting rates from this autumn. Now, the dollar has been weakening for several months now, and that feels quite seismic. Um, 
given given its its sort of influence on financial markets. Do you think that is a persistent trend? Well, yes, we think the dollar has further to depreciate. Uh, the bottom line is that the dollar is expensive and it's now coming down from a 20-year peak reached last September. While the Fed is set to pause on interest rates, other central banks like the ECB are still likely to keep raising interest rates. So this should narrow the interest rate spread between the US and the Eurozone. And this in turn will put downward pressure on the dollar exchange rate against the euro. Foreign exchange traders could also turn their attention to the growing US external deficit. Essentially, the US is becoming reliant on foreign capital to finance a widening trade deficit. And this probably means that the dollar has to adjust lower. And then who benefits from that weaker dollar? Well, some of the biggest market beneficiaries are likely to be non-US equities. They tend to rally or outperform uh, against the US when the dollar is weaker. And this will include emerging markets such as Asia, which have large dollar-denominated debts. Essentially, as the dollar weakens, it means that those debts become easier to pay if there is a plentiful supply of dollars floating around the global financial system. So in turn, this will boost regional Asian equity valuations and also raise equity prices in the process to boot. Okay, and away away from the macroeconomic side, um, we've had a raft of corporate earnings, some of which have been quite encouraging or seem to have been quite encouraging. So there's been better than expected news from some of the mega caps, tech sector, Unilever, LVMH and so on. Um, What conclusions are you drawing from this relatively encouraging picture? Well, I think there's probably two key takeaways. One is that companies' earnings uh, are being supported by strong corporate pricing power. And secondly, demand is not collapsing despite these macro headwinds of higher interest rates. So let's look at an example of Unilever um, that you mentioned. This is a British-Dutch multinational company that produces everyday consumer staples. Uh, In the first quarter, we saw Unilever uh, with its prices for goods up 10.7% from a year ago in that first quarter of 2023. Yes, it has slowed from 12.5% in the third quarter of 2022. But given that sales volumes are essentially flat, it demonstrates a remarkable ability to pass on price rises to the public. These higher prices charged by these large multinational corporations have more than offset input costs coming from labour and has enabled them to sustain high profit margins. It's very much a case of power to the corporates. Just don't tell Wolfie Smith from the late 1970s BBC comedy, Sitson Smith. Right. Okay. Thank you. Great. Okay. Thank you, Daniel, for that comprehensive roundup. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including our latest Outlook. Ben Siegel-Scott will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode. And we'd love to have you join us then if you can. Please do subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already and you can rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time.